Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Laker Nation on the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast. We are back, and I say we with a purpose because you get both me and JC on this one. LeBron and AD are on their way back, but the Lakers are not yet out of the woods. Six and eight since LeBron hit the sidelines, JC. All things considered, you have to be feeling pretty good about that. And the Lakers finally get fans back in the building as they finally get to play a home game once again for the first time in what feels like forever. But literally the first time in all of April that the Lakers will be home against the Celtics and they will welcome back fans into the arena JC, 6-8 and eight doesn't look sexy on paper, but no LeBron, no AD, no Drummond for some of those games. The injuries have been mounting. The Lakers have been working with their C-minus squad. All things considered, you pretty happy with this performance? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that seven-game road trip, they finished 4-3 and three to, to put a little bit more of a microscope on it. Um, yeah, I think uh, their defensive numbers have still been really good. They, remember, they remain one of the top defensive teams in the league, uh, despite their offensive woes sometimes. So, yeah, I think uh, all things considered, it's pretty good. Pretty good indeed, as it is on the Hoopball Lakers podcast. He is JC. I am Ethan. Of course, you can like, subscribe, and listen to our show wherever you get your streaming podcast and other streaming music materials. JC, if you were to tell me the Lakers were going to basically be 500 in a major stretch, in a challenging stretch when it comes to the schedule, remember the Lakers have one of the toughest, if not the toughest, second half schedule to uh, in the entire league. So if you're going to tell me they were going to be treading 500 throughout this stretch, I would say they'd be overperforming. And I want to isolate one thing you said. I know it's something that I've talked about before. We kind of knew the offense would resemble the 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 
deterred emoji, right? Without LeBron, without AD, we know that there was going to be a challenge. But defensively, it doesn't seem like it really matters who's out there. Frank Vogel has and his staff have got this team competing on that end of the floor. And going back to his days with the Pacers, that's really something that really elevated those Indiana teams to the forefront and what drove Frank Vogel to the forefront of these impressive head coaches who at that time nobody had a good feeling for. I feel like we don't talk a lot about Frank Vogel because on a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis, you're not going to talk about the coaching staff unless it's bad. But again, for a guy who was not even the first second or really third choice for this team i think he's done a pretty damn good job here yeah a lot of the role players have have stepped up and it's the depth of this team has really shown during this stretch without lebron and ad like that particularly the brooklyn game alfonso mckinney when he was first signed a lot of people were surprised that they kind of got away with with that signing uh because of you know he's a really good defensive player and yeah against brooklyn he played 27 minutes scored 10 points, but grabbed nine rebounds. And even that game, I, I noted on Twitter, like that dude just goes after every rebound. And yeah, the last, um, I think during this road trip, he's gotten more than 10 minutes or close to 10 minutes uh, most of these games. And he's played really well. He does seem to find himself sort of creeping into the mix here as the Lakers try to figure out who can help them, especially when they're shorthanded during this stretch. Over the last handful of games, his minutes have fluctuated a bit. He did play 27 minutes in that Brooklyn game, 10 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, a couple of threes. Big energy off the bench. Of course, that was, I don't even want to say probably at this point, that was the Lakers' most impressive performance of the season. Everybody and their mom and their dad and their T.O. and their Tia and everybody in the extended family said, don't watch this primetime game, J.C. It's going to be a blowout. It's going to be ugly. It's not even going to be competitive. Well, you know what? Everybody was right. They just picked the wrong side of the equation. The Lakers were in control early and often of this game. At halftime, you thought it might be a game versus Brooklyn team. But the second half, J.C., the Lakers put their clamps on it, outscoring Brooklyn 65 to 43 in the second half, especially impressive again with that defense. It is just amazing to me. Now, I know the Nets, we could say that they were shorthanded because they didn't have James Harden. We could say they were shorthanded because Kyrie Irving was ejected. But you know what, JC? Kevin Durant was on the floor. No Andre Drummond, no LeBron James. Dennis Schroeder was also ejected in this game. This was probably Andre Drummond's best performance as a Laker to date. Yeah, and he's played really well against Brooklyn so far this season, even when he was with Cleveland. And so, yeah, matchup-wise, uh, Brooklyn has a lot of problems with, with teams like the Lakers with a, with a good big and a penetrative guard who dishes out assists. No doubt about it. And when you talk about Drummond versus Brooklyn, this season, Andre Drummond, who had 20 and 11 in that game and not even 24 minutes of action, is averaging 17 points and 11 rebounds versus Brooklyn. You would think that's going to be an asset if it shakes out like so many are anticipating with a Lakers-Nets matchup in the finals. Of course, the Lakers have a long road to get there before they return to the promised land. So Andre Drummond is making his impact felt. He has struggled a little bit with injury since joining the Lakers. The toe sidelined him for a little bit. Now he's got a weird 
weird little elbow issue going on. So he's only scored seven points combined in the last two games, dealing with a little foul trouble there as well. They're going to need more offense from Drummond in the interim, especially until AD and LeBron are back on the court. Look, the good news is we got a very promising update. LeBron and AD both are back, are, are making their way back on the court. Sorry, I got a little too excited there saying that they're back. It sounds like AD will be back before LeBron, which all things considered, I think we, we kind of all expected or to make their timing match up uh, within a week of each other. So AD should be back soon. LeBron should be back shortly thereafter. Andre Drummond finally gets his taste of what it's like to play with both of those guys when they're back on the court. But I want to bring it full circle because, you know, one of the things Frank Vogel has talked about as the Lakers have searched for offense, right? And this is even going back to before Andre Drummond was on the team, was that they're going to need these guys who are not necessarily scorers to step up and fulfill that role and specifically mention Montrez Harrell by name more than once in that equation. JC, Montrez was fantastic in March. He averaged 19.5 points, 7.8 rebounds, basically a steal and a block per game, shot 64.6% from the field. I mean, the dude was electric. In April, that production has fallen off a cliff. He is averaging 7 points, 5.7 rebounds. But most notably, JC, he is shooting just 45% from the field. That is not Montrez Harrell that we know. Every other month this season, he has shot at least 60%. One thing that we talked about before Drummond arrived was we were curious to see how it was going to impact Harrell's production. So far, are you at all concerned with what we've seen in April from the big man? That concern, just because I think he, a lot of his stats and and production comes out of his effort and so i think once he gets more used to the minutes he's going to play with drummond out there and i think once he once lebron comes back he might play more minutes with with dennis Schroeder, which is where i think he really excels i think they'll find a way to make him productive once again is there a scenario in your mind and, and i let me preface this by saying i don't think it's likely but is there a scenario in your mind to kind of build off of that connection between Schroeder and Harrell that when the Lakers are at full strength, that it's Alex Caruso as the starting point guard, not Dennis Schroeder, in an effort to get Schroeder and Trez more minutes and more time together? You've got a lot of offensive op- options out there all of a sudden when those two guys are healthy with the addition of Andre Drummond as well. Is this a scenario where the bench can be strengthened and you could have a lineup, you know, first three off the bench that includes Schroeder, Harrell, and Kuzma? Or do you think they'll keep it status quo? Again, I think that Schroeder will remain a starter. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would like to see the scenario you're talking about just because I like the defensive impact of, of what Caruso brings to the starting lineup and then how effective and how potent that, that bench unit would be. But it, it it's pretty evident that Dennis Schroeder wouldn't go for that. Yeah, I don't think so either. And look, we talk a lot about Alex Caruso in terms of his production. His impact doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. But JC, last night in that win versus Charlotte, they don't win that game without Alex Caruso. Hit a huge three down the stretch to basically seal the game. Couple of free throws thereafter. Finishes with 13 points, six assists for Caruso. I love to see him dishing the ball like that. 
uh, added a steal and a few threes. He's been shooting the three ball a little bit better, which was kind of eluded him for a period of time after he came out of the gate hot. Really struggled in February and March after shooting 50% or better in December and January. But so far in April, JC, Caruso is shooting an electric 63.2% from downtown. You love to see that from Alex Caruso. And these these guys, these, we'll call them the, the supporting cast, have all sort of stepped up across the board. KCP, JC, KCP has finally decided, you know what? I think it's time for me to show my head again. He basically went MIA for February and March, shot under 40% from the field in both of those months. Well, we know he's a streaky player, and it looks like he's on another heater because in April, he's averaging 14 points per game, 48.6% from the field, 51.2% from behind the three-point line. It finally feels like he knows that shots are available for him and he's not afraid to take them. He had had double-digit shot attempts in three straight prior to the win against Charlotte. He's more likely to, to settle in in that 7-10 to 10 shot range when everybody's healthy and well. But the Lakers have to be relying on these role guys to hit their threes, to play their roles. And to bring it back to Caruso for a second, I think one of the things that really stands out for me is, you know, we've all been so excited about Taylor Horton Tucker, okay? And for the most part in April, he's played pretty decent, right? I mean, he didn't shoot the ball well versus Brooklyn, but prior to that, he was on a nice little stretch. He had an okay game versus the Knicks. He was kind of MIA versus Charlotte. You got to think maybe fatigue is factoring in a little bit. As excited I am about THT, as much as I love what he brings on the defensive end of the floor, and I love to see that he's shooting a three-point ball uh, well again. This is the differentiator for me between THT and Caruso. As we saw THT trying to facilitate the offense, we'll call it, when the Lakers didn't have that primary ball handler out on the floor, Schroeder's on the bench. I watched THT as the main ball handler for three straight possessions in one game where the ball did not leave THT's hands. I do not yet trust him to facilitate that offense. I do not think he's capable of it quite yet. And this is where Alex Caruso's importance cannot be understated. Yeah, I think uh, I think given time is that that skill will will develop. It's something I no- noticed in the Brooklyn game where I, I mentioned in the offseason he has to focus on because yeah he's sort of that hybrid player. You can kind of stick him anywhere except for the five spot really. Uh, and yeah, I think this offseason he needs to focus on being a, more of a point guard than a shooting guard or a small forward because he he's got the penetrative skills. He can. With the length of his arms, he can dribble around anybody. He had a really great moment. Uh, he didn't finish the layup. I, I felt like his inexperience cost him this one bucket. But if he'd have slowed down just a beat, he would have made a layup after he made a really impressive drive on Kevin Durant in that Brooklyn game. And so that's sort of where I saw his future as a Laker it, this offseason. It's it's hard to depend on him to do that now. But, yeah, later later on in his career, I think he, that's sort of where where he'll lie. Another new member of this Lakers squad, J.C., sort of made his presence known versus Brooklyn. And that, of course, is Ben McLemore, who has come out and looked, you know, pretty much like the Ben McLemore that we've known for a long time now. Sometimes he has those electric nights like he did versus Brooklyn. Other times he goes, you know, sort of the way of the dodo and he's a little hot and cold. But he is exactly the kind of player the Lakers were hoping to nab for that final roster spot and why they kept it available. And JC, I just want to talk about Macklemore for a, for a quick minute here because it felt like the Lakers were holding out hope that this 3 and D wing would suddenly emerge from, from the abyss, right? Rise from the ashes of the Phoenix and just present itself out of nowhere. And that's pretty much what happened with Macklemore. I mean, all of a sudden the Rockets were like, you know what? We don't really need 
need you anymore. Macklemore's like, all right, that's cool. And then two days later, he's on the Lakers. Of course, he is represented by Clutch, something I mentioned in my last solo show. So you have to think there was maybe some inner workings there. But were you at all surprised to see Ben Macklemore suddenly become available? And then I guess we could all not be surprised at all that he wound up with the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't surprising he ended up with the Lakers once he was released. But yeah, when he was released, uh, didn't really see that coming because Houston is making their attempt at tanking pretty pretty obvious, uh, or even not obvious, they're just not a good team. And But they're trying to keep the team young and develop for the future, and so McLemore did kind of fit with that. And so, yeah, of, of all the players looking at the buyout market, uh, I don't I don't think his name is one I even considered searching at all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I didn't think he would be available. I didn't think the Lakers were going to get that player that they were so sorely hoping for. But alas, here he is. Moving forward, you know, his playing time has been a little bit sporadic here, but mostly in that 14 to 18 to minute, uh, 14 to 18 minute range. When the Lakers are at full strength, JC, which will be in the coming weeks here, is Ben McLemore someone who will play every night? And if so, where do his minutes come from? To me, the most obvious sort of switch would be, okay, Ben McLemore plays ahead of Wes Matthews. Maybe he takes some minutes that Alfonso McKinney has been getting. That said, Wes Matthews is still sort of in the mix here, right? I mean, he actually played fewer minutes than McLemore in the most recent win versus Charlotte. Is he somebody who sends Matthews outright to the bench as a DNPCD? Or do you think there's enough playing time to be sort of siphoned around where Matthews, McLemore, Caruso, THT all play? Because all of a sudden, you're talking about a very deep Lakers roster. Yeah, I think there'll be... I think there'll be spots where they'll they'll figure out where he can play, and I think there'll be times where Wes Matthews' defensive impact might hold more weight than Macklemore's shooting ability. So, like right now, if you were to weigh the two, like Wesley Matthews is, is a better defender, and Macklemore is probably a better shooter. At one point, one will outweigh the other, and that's when what might determine, you know, in any given situation, what might play. But night to night, it's it's hard to say. It'll probably be a little inconsistent. I think so, too, and I think it'll also depend on the opponent and whether the opponent goes big or small, and all of those things will be variables. The good thing the Lakers have is optionality, which is not something they 
really had, I mean, going back to LeBron's first year with this team, if LeBron was off the court, you knew the Lakers were going to lose. And, you know, now with LeBron and AD off the court, it is nice to watch a Lakers team that, like I said, is playing with their very much C-minus squad, but actually has the not even the potential, but a, but a more than decent chance of winning the basketball game. Now, you look at the standings overall, J.C., and we know the Western Conference is going to be more packed than a, than a can of sardines. But overall, I mean, it is just fascinating to me to see how one game can really change so much of this mix. Now, at the time this is recorded, the Lakers sit in fifth. Okay, they're just behind the Denver Nuggets here. Denver, obviously, they're a half game behind Denver. Denver obviously just had a massive loss losing Jamal Murray for the rest of the season and what feels like at least half of next season with a torn ACL. Uh, you, You knew it as soon as he went down. He's been nursing a sore knee. Anytime a guy jumps like that and it's non-contact and he crumples to the floor, unfortunately, we've all seen it too many times at this point. Uh, So best wishes to Jamal. The Nuggets are deep. Michael Porter Jr.'s uh, sort of emergence, for lack of a better word, will help to offset that. Jokic is having an MVP season. So I think the Nuggets will continue to be a strong team. But these teams ahead of the Lakers, you know, we're talking about besides Denver, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Jazz, I don't see them going anywhere. Meanwhile, Portland, Dallas, and Memphis rounds out the current playoff picture, and it goes deeper from there. JC, you're a betting man. If you had to take a bet on where the Lakers were going to finish in the regular season, all things considered, do you think that there is a chance that they can exceed the four seed at this point, given where the season is and the timeline for their big boys to return? Uh, I mean, there's a chance they can exceed the four seed, but I don't think they'll drop any lower than the five. Like, like luckily, they have a three-game cushion over the six-seed trailblazers and a five game cushion over the over the mavericks and so yeah i don't really see them dropping any further um looking at their schedule uh they're through the most difficult part of that second half so left they they do still have one game against the clippers i think lebron will be back by that game and so like in the immediate future celtics aren't very good they do have the jazz twice so that's probably not ideal uh then they play the mavericks and figure they can extend that lead over the mavericks in one of those two games in back-to-back situations but then they've got the mavericks uh, the magic the wizards the kings the raptors and then the nuggets and so yeah i think if lebron is back by may 3rd in that nuggets game then they can gear up for a difficult part of the final schedule where it's nuggets clippers blazers suns knicks who are a good defensive team and then they can have a little bit of vacation to to end the season with Knicks, Pacers, Pelicans. AC, it feels like every time, speaking of the Knicks, that Julius Randle sees the Lakers, you know, he takes it personally and, to be honest, rightfully so. The dude has been incredible this season. He absolutely showed out against the Lakers. It felt like there was nothing he couldn't do on the court. I mean, he was making everything. This is the version of Julius Randle that Lakers fans have dreamt about from the onset of which he was drafted. He has done an incredible job of developing and sort of sustaining his game. Is there a scenario where Julius Randle does not win most improved player this year because the dude is literally averaging 23 10 and six assists per game while shooting 46 percent from the field and almost 40 percent from downtown if you would have told lakers fans julius randall's going to shoot 40 percent from three five years ago it would have taken your money and said good luck on your bet and now they'd be paying out handsomely is there a scenario where he does not win most improved jc no he seems to be running away with it that's that's kind of a, a harder 
award to predict like because that one sort of seems to be narrative based the way and the way a lot of the mvp awards are so yeah i think the narrative around him with the knicks especially being a playoff team uh it seemed like uh, they were flashing the pan at the beginning of the season but they're I mean, they're currently in that eighth seed. So if they can make it to the playoffs, then yeah, I think uh, I think it is. I think often that award recipient always goes to the guy who's not necessarily the most improved, but the guy who's gotten more opportunity, right? Maybe he was a bench player playing 17 minutes and had solid production. Now he's a starter playing 30 minutes. And that solid production has continued just over a longer period of time because he's getting more minutes. I just think Julius Randle has now emerged like when he was first with the Lakers and and especially after Lakers moved on, there was this idea that he couldn't be a player that you build around or he couldn't be a core member of a championship team. I'm here to dispute that because Julius Randle is that good. He is that dude. Uh, I think he's taken incredibly well to the coaching of Tom Thibodeau. That entire Knicks organization deserves credit for what they've been able to do, especially given that they haven't exactly hit it hard on some of their uh, recent draft picks. You know, Knox comes to mind, for example, there. Uh, Frank Ntilikina as well. So kudos to Julius. I mean, this is the version that the Lakers, I think, you know, always had sort of in their in their rearview mirror as a potential option. But unfortunately, this was one that had to get away. If there were any of those young kids I'd love to have back besides Brandon Ingram, of course, who netted Anthony Davis, so you can't complain about that. It would be Julius Randle, and it was very sad to see the Lakers lose him for nothing. But that said, the current iteration of this Lakers team is very exciting. Mark Gasol, JC, is another guy who I wanted to touch on briefly. Uh, While Andre Drummond was out, and he was nursing that sore toe or big toe without a toenail. Either way, sounds absolutely disgusting. Marcus Saul sort of stepped into the picture and said, hey, don't forget about me. I can still play. Arguably had two of his best games of the season outside of the turnovers, double digits in both games. Uh, shot the ball incredibly well, uh, was passing it well, was actually rebounding the basketball as well. When everyone's healthy, JC, Marcus Saul to me is a DNPCD. I hate to say it that way, but I don't see how the Lakers play Drummond, Trez, and they find minutes at center for Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I think in a small lineup, he might provide some viability as far as like rim protection and things like that. But even in a small lineup, is also probably a fast lineup uh, that they'd be facing against. And so, yeah, I just don't really see where he might fit in. He might fit in in, in a bigger lineup, like like maybe against a Jokic or something like that. But yeah. It, it's probably not going to be a lot of minutes for him the rest of the season. I think the Lakers and their fans are going to be so excited to once again greet each other when it comes time for Thursday in the game versus the Celtics. You look at the Lakers schedule going forward as something that we've talked a lot about. It is not going to ease up. It is only going to get more challenging in the short term here. The next five games, JC, the Celtics, the Jazz twice, and the Mavericks twice. There isn't necessarily a lot of travel involved for the Lakers because they play their next three at home, including a home at home versus the Jazz. But then they go back on the road to play the Mavericks two in a row. you got to get at least one of those games, preferably both. They play the Magic in Orlando, a game they should win. They play the Wizards in at, at, on the road. And my concern there is the Wizards are a team that has given them some trouble this season. So again, looks like a winnable game, but something to sort of be mindful of. And then you got the Kings at the Staples Center and the Raptors at the Staples Center before closing it out with the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Blazers, the Suns, the Knicks, the Rockets, the Pacers, and the Pelicans. A little bit more difficult there. To me, even if AD and LeBron are not back for this stretch of games right here, if the Lakers can win 
three of their next five games versus the Celtics, Jazz twice, and Mavericks twice, and then beat the teams they're supposed to beat, the Magic, the Wizards, the Kings, and the Raptors, the Lakers would look like they are in very good position down the stretch. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, yeah, if they can get through the most difficult part of that being the two Jazz games and then the the Clippers, yeah, I think they'll be sitting pretty. So we shall see how it shakes out when it comes to the Lakers schedule the rest of the way moving forward. I think one of the things that I continue to be impressed by, as we've discussed, is the defense. Of course, we know the offense will improve once they get their key personnel on the floor. JC, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second and ask you this question before we close it out. The Lakers have to shoot X percentage from behind the three-point line on average in order to match potential with reality. JC, what is that percentage? Um... 37, I think. 37%. Okay, I was going to give you 35 as an over-under, so I think we're right on the same page there. I agree they have to be better on most nights in order to fulfill their potential, not worse. So on those off-shooting nights, the offense will stagnate, uh, especially without LeBron and AD available. The good news is, JC, is it seems like every update about AD and LeBron is once they're cleared to play, it's not like they're going to play 40 minutes in their first game back. But once those guys are cleared to play, it feels like they should have very limited restrictions, maybe AD a little bit more than LeBron out of the gate. But it feels like they should have very limited restrictions and be pretty much full go in anticipation of the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think LeBron, the way he's managed to take care of his body, he's not going to want to come back 80% and ramp up. He's going to want to come back as soon as he's 100% full go. And if you've seen LeBron's Instagram stories, if you've seen any of Anthony Davis's on-court work, you can see that both of those guys haven't just been sitting on the sidelines. And you know my favorite part about missing those guys on the court, which sounds weird, but my favorite part about seeing those guys in street clothes is is they are so engaged, JC. They are giving coaching direction every time. They are the biggest cheerleaders on the bench. This is the same feeling we saw from this Lakers team last season where they were all rooting for each other no matter how many minutes they played, no matter if they were wearing the jersey or if they were in street clothes. And that type of camaraderie, especially over a long season in which they had very little rest, can quite literally be the difference maker down the stretch for this club. Oh, yeah, totally agree. So as the Lakers move forward, we'd love to see that. I do not think we will see Jared Dudley again this season. Shout out to JD, best player coach in the business. Sorry, Udonis Haslam. I know you've been doing it for a long time, but we'd love to see that from JD. And I think this Lakers team, for all the doom and gloom that everybody wanted to paint about it, myself included at times, they are going to be in a fine position down the stretch so long as they continue that defensive sort of stalwart approach and that offense straightens itself out as the big boys get back into action. JC, the Lakers, are you feeling good about another finals run? Uh, I am, yes. All right, JC feels good about it. You know I feel good about it, and we always feel good about the Lake Show on the Hoopball Lakers podcast. You can follow JC on Twitter at JCDeLeon1. You can follow me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. We give you Lakers takes and so much more. And, of course, follow our show on Twitter at Hoopball Lakers and the whole Hoopball family at Hoopball Tweets at Hoopball Fantasy. Until next time, enjoy the show. We out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.